Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Urbanetón with Angel and Taz, the show where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the urbano, Latin, trap, and reggaeton scene. But I just wanted to inform you guys that Anuel actually has hit 1.6 billion streams on Spotify within one week of his release of his new album, Emanuel, which honestly is pretty amazing. Like, no matter how good or bad I thought the album was, if you're able to put in, you know, 1.6 billion streams within a week, honestly, that's really impressive. And another thing, too, Billboard also released an article that names Anuel's album as the best album of 2020 so far. Angel, what do you think of that? In my honest opinion, I would have to disagree with that. And that's only because I don't say it's the best album yet of 2020. I mean, again, you could get me wrong. Maybe he might get a lot, a billion more streams. But that doesn't really count. Streams don't really count. It's more of the quality and what you put into an album. I can say that it has been successfully commercial, you know, successful commercially, but not overall music, lyric, artist-wise, which is basically the important parts of being a successful album. Like I've said before, and I'll say it again, Anuel is more the Drake of the quote-unquote Latin trap scene. He's had, he will have clout even if the music release isn't good or it is, it doesn't matter. Don't get me wrong, I didn't think the album was bad. I just don't want to say that it is the best of 2012. I mean 2020, my bad. Yet, you know, again, I don't know. Maybe down the lines I might say it is. If anything, I just, I want the old Anuel back. I mostly agree with what you said. Well, yeah, I miss the old Anuel too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. I mean, he had great songs on this album. He did. I will I will admit, like what you said was correct. The album wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't, you know, amazing either. You know, there are definitely some songs, in my opinion, that I didn't enjoy and mm-hmm. I thought were horrible. But, I mean, does it qualify for, you know, one of the top albums mm-hmm. of 2020? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. You, you honestly want to tell me that Emanuel was better than Yo Hago Lo Que Me De La Gana? No. No. Definitely not. Um, no, that's just not the case. I I have, like, a, a weird love-hate relationship with Anuel. I think a lot of, like, you know, the audience may think that, like, I hate Anuel because I, I'm constantly, you know, like, kind of putting jabs at him. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I really don't. Like, I love I love Anuel's music for the most part, you know. Some of the stuff he comes out with, you know, like any artist is pretty trash, you know. <laughs> I love Balvin, but I don't think every, every single song he's put out has been amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, artists are going to have songs that I don't necessarily, you know, agree with. Like I said before, I just don't think it's worthy of being the best album of 2020 so far. I think if, if we want to have that category, I'd give it to Bad Bunny's Yago Lo Que Me De La Gana. But I would definitely not give it to Emmanuel. There's no way in hell I would do that. I agree with that. So today's episode, guys, is going to be another beef. But what makes this one a little bit different is that this beef has kind of been squashed. But not a lot of people know the context of what kind of happened. So today, it's kind of our job uh, to give you guys just a little bit more clarity about what exactly happened. So without further ado, today's episode will be about the ground beef between <laughs> the <cr-H>. <laughs> <laughs> between Bad Bunny and DJ Luyan. So in order to understand this beef clearly, we need to go back to Bad Bunny. You know, we need to go back to his past. Because in order to understand Bad Bunny where he is now, it's important that we know where he came from. So what we're going to do is we're going to give we're going to give you guys a, just like a little brief kind of synopsis of where Bad Bunny started and kind of how he started to become famous. Take it away, Angel. 
When Benito was only 22 years old, he was working as a bagger in the Puerto Rican supermarket, um, Supermercados Icono, in his hometown of Vega Baja. At the time, Benito was only releasing music on SoundCloud and YouTube. He had just made the song Diles and was already making some waves around the island when a trip to a community college happened to change his life. Yes, yeah, so that is when he meets Art Carey. I mean, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's when he meets uh, Ladio Carrion, which mm-hmm. if you guys don't know who Ladio Carrion is, he's a uh, you know, pretty big Latin trapero. We've covered him a little bit on the show. He's been one of our artists of the weeks um, in one of the first episodes. I recommend you guys go check him out. I think he's an excellent, excellent artist, you know, mm-hmm. has really great bars. He's very well um, balanced. Yes, I think he's one of the best lyricists in the game right now, for sure, especially out of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, but... In an interview that Eladio Carrion did with Complex, uh, it came out around, I want to say, like, February of this year, 2020. He recalls meeting Bad Bunny for the first time at a junior college. Eladio says when he was there to drop out of school, and that's when he sees Bad Bunny in the administrator's office, too. And, immediate, and Bad Bunny immediately recognizes Eladio because at the time, Eladio has, like, uh, he had a successful stint as a comedian. So what's really cool about Eladio Carrion is that he was a professional swimmer at one point in his life, professional comedian, and then now professional trapero. So he's kind of been able to form those three things to give him, well, to give him a really solid and successful singing career. He's like, well, he basically said, he's like, don't do it. It's not worth it. You're going to regret it. He's referring to the fact that he shouldn't stay in school. So he's telling him to drop out. So then Bad Bunny tells him, he's like, bro, like, did you see my DM on Twitter? Did you check out my new song? But what Eladio explained in the interview as well with Complex is the fact that at that time, Bad Bunny was reaching out to so many artists and a lot of different famous people around the island, just DMing them like, hey, listen to my song, listen to my song, please listen to it. You know, I'm an upcoming artist. My name's Bad Bunny. Give my song to listen to. And then that's when Eladio reveals that, you know, he was kind of uh, sending these DMs to everyone in the industry, you know. So then Bad Bunny plays his song Diles to Eladio and immediately... Eladio fucks with the track. He's like, this shit is fire. And then he asked Bad Bunny, who like who wrote the track? And he said, me. He's like, all right, well, you wrote it, but who produced it? And he says, me. So at the time, Eladio had just signed with Rimas Entertainment, which was co-founded by Bad Bunny's future manager, uh, Noah Asad. <laughs> Eladio immediately shows him to Noah Asad. And then from there, Noah fell in love with the track. In the interview, Eladio even expresses that uh, Noah's actually very, very picky when it comes to the music that he listens. You know, it's not like no one, like some buttfuck's not going to walk in and be like, oh, like, listen to my music, and he's going to fuck with it immediately. Like, no. Like, Noah is very specific about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And so the fact that he fucked with Bad Bunny's track right away kind of shows the level of belief that he had in him since the beginning. He tells uh, Noah tells Eladio, like, hey, man, like, get him here. Like, we got we to gotta do some shit with him. And then he calls him right away, and then they set up a meeting with uh, the co-founder of Rimas Entertainment, which ends up, Noah, um, nowadays, is actually Bad Bunny's manager. But at that time, he wasn't. And he comes in with DJ Luian. That's kind of how he gets brought into this whole ordeal. So, Angel, where does it kind of all go from here, then? DJ Luian and Bad Bunny start their buttfuck relationship. <laughs> So from that moment uh, on, Bad Bunny would start to come out with hit after hit. But what made it different this time around was that the fact that at the end of the songs, you would always hear Bad Bunny say, hear this music, Mambo Kings. Mambo Kings. Dímele Luyan. Dímele right? Luyan. 
so hits such as uh, Amor Moda, Tú No Metes Cabra, Chambea, Soy Peor, Estamos Bien, Mía, Sensualidad, Solita, Creepy Crush, Pati, Me Mata, Tú No Vives Así, Diles La, uh, la Última Vez, Ahora Me Llamas, Si Tu Novio Te Deja, uh, Me Acostumbré, Maduro, Dime, Se Vas a Volver, No Te Hagas. So all those songs you can hear him say, hear this music, Mambo Kings, Dímelo Luyan. So where it starts to get tricky is that Bad Bunny claims that DJ Luyan and the Mambo Kings didn't produce any of his songs. He had wrote, um, written and produced every single song himself. But Luyan has never publicly denied that the fact that Bad Bunny produces and writes all of his own music. In late 2016 is where their relationship really started to deteriorate and DJ Luyan and Bad Bunny were no longer together and broke up, um, musically speaking, of course, because, right? <laughs> and later, Bad Bunny had an Instagram live where he revealed the reasoning why he left DJ Luyan and his friends Mambo Dicks. <laughs> so a major reason for the split was the fact that DJ Luyan didn't want to let Bad Bunny release any albums, um, but their contract, quote-unquote contract, was based around albums, not any specific time period. So there was also no real binding of official contracts that they had signed as well according to Bad Bunny. So from what we understood, Bad Bunny would produce and write his own music, while DJ Luyan would kind of just be, you know, like a producer tag at the end. Uh, so what DJ Luyan really did for Bad Bunny was fast forward his success by Bad Bunny attaching his name, Luyan, to give him major clout. So they really, again, DJ Luyan, Mambo Kings did not produce or write any of Bad Bunny's music, and they have never denied Bad Bunny's claim of that. But basically what we say is that by using Mambo Kings and DJ Leon as their tag names at the end of Bad Bunny's songs, it gave them major clout for that. Go ahead and bring us into the next category tag. Tez is why. <laughs> so go ahead and show, uh, give us in detail what happened following the deterioration of their relationship, Tez. Yeah, so basically before we go on, there is like an analogy that like Angel said right before we started recording. So just so like the audience understands more of mm -hmm. like what they mean by like, it, you know, it was an album deal and like mm -hmm. what the actual issue was. You said you mentioned an analogy about like Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So basically to make it more understandable of how this relationship worked between Bad Bunny and, and DJ Luyan. So let's just say, for example, Joe Rogan has the number one most streamed podcast currently right now on Spotify. And I mean, you guys can go check that out if you want. So, for example, an, an, an analogy would be, let's say that Joe Rogan and me and Taz, you know, with our podcast, we know each other. We're friends. We start hanging out with each other, this and that, right? And Joe Rogan says, hey, you know what? Mention me at the end of your podcast. You know, maybe that will get you that will get you guys seen out there more because everybody knows who I am. Everybody knows the Joe Rogan podcast. So if you add me and you shout me out at the end, maybe more people will listen to you. So me and Taz will go ahead and at the end of every Urbanathon podcast, we'll say, um, you know, shout out Joe Rogan. We love you. This and that. You know, we, we do a little mention of Joe Rogan's segment at the end. And let's say that it gets us a lot of more views and more streams and more followers, right? Because we mentioned such a big uh, podcaster out there, right? So it gives us, you know, it gives us clout. It gives us a kick into our into our podcast stream. Um, and let's say Joe Rogan's like, 
hey man, I don't like um, that you guys aren't making this and this episode, or I don't like that you guys are doing that you're not doing this and this and this. And then me and Tess say, well, I mean, we're not in a binding contract with each other. You just told us that you will help us with our success, but we never once written any formal you know, contract. We never shook hands on nothing. There's no legal contracts, no legal binding anything. We don't owe you nothing. And let's just say Joe Rogan gets mad over that. So now we're no longer friends. That's exactly what kind of happened with Bad Bunny and DJ Luyan, is that they were in no contract at all. But since DJ Luyan said, yeah, you can use my name and I will get you famous, and Bad Bunny was like, okay, well, if you can help me with my success, um, do you think you can help me with album releases or anything like that, making music? And DJ Luyan was like, no, I'm not going to help you guys. I'm not going to help you at all with that. I'm not going to do any of that for you. That's all you. But I still want credit and everything at the end of the day. You know, that doesn't make sense. Of course, Bad Bunny was going to go solo after that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm glad you explained that uh, really well. So, yeah, so basically after that, after the fallout with DJ Luyan, Bad Bunny then decides to sign with Noah Assad's label, um, Rimas Entertainment. The same label, Eladio Carrion, and among other artists, are signed to as well. So this is actually a quote that we got from Bad Bunny from a li- an Instagram live session he did around, uh, I want to say, like, 2018. Mm-hmm. So he says, Ya no estoy con hear this music. Ellos nunca quisieron que yo sacar, sacara un álbum. Nunca me permitieron, nunca me dieron el apoyo, siempre me lo negaban. Supuestamente el contrato era por álbumes, un contrato que nunca existió. No estoy tirando el mal a nadie. Quizás DJ Luyan no tenía la culpa, Mamo Kings tampoco. So basically what he's saying there is like, well, we, you know, we're kind of reiterating, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that, you know, they weren't uh, giving him the support and the necessary guidance in order to release an album. There was no contract whatsoever. That's what Bad Bunny's kind of reiterating here as well. Mm-hmm. And that he wanted that support, but he never got it. But at the same time, too, he's not putting the blame at all on DJ Luyan or Mambo Kings. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, you know, how like kind of this beef, it, we're starting to see how it starts, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to go ahead and read another quote as well. So then he says, Yo soy Bad Bunny. Yo produzco todas mis canciones, todos los temas que ven en mi canal de YouTube. Yo mismo los he hecho. Yo pronunciaba los nombres de Mambo Kings y DJ Luyan porque es, era parte de... Pero ellos no hicieron mis temas. Si la gente no sabe, entonces no puede hablar. So that's ex- so this is a, an exact quote from Bad Bunny that we took, you know, from that live. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, in his words that, hey, they kind of just, you know, put their name at the end and, you know, want to take credit. You know, I made all my tracks. I produced them. I wrote them. I did everything. So it kind of begs the question, you know, does DJ Luyan, you know, have the right to say, you know, like, hey, like, I made you, even though he kind of didn't. So what I mean by that, you guys will understand in this next quote. So in an interview they did with DJ Luyan, they they asked him, like, do you have any gratitude for Bad Bunny? And then DJ Luyan, he's like, he says, Aseguro que no tiene nada que agradecerle a Bad Bunny. Al al contrario, señaló que el trapero es quien la tiene que agradecer por su trabajo. And then he says, yo creo que me tendría que ser de él. Me. So what he's referring to is the fact that, like, if anyone should be thanking anybody, Bad Bunny should be thanking me, mm-hmm. not the other way around. What do you think of that, Angel? Again, this is a kind of tough, this is a kind of tough beep because it's not your normal, you know, he did that 
and it's proven, right? It, there's nothing like that. I honestly, I would say, yeah, like, okay, thank you for being a part of my album and my music, but don't be saying that you made me. Because I know Benito could have done it without Mambo Kings. Yeah, that's what Eladio Carrion says, too. You know, like, because um, in the interview, they were saying, like, oh, like, you made Bad Bunny famous. And he's like, nah, man. Like, and I remember, the, like, what he said exactly. Like, his exact quote was, like, you know, what Homeboy was going to make it regardless. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if I helped him or not. Exactly. He was going to make it. You know, so, yeah, I agree with what you're saying right there. Like, Bad Bunny was going to make it, in my opinion, with or without DJ Luyan and the, and the support of Mambo Kings. But what I can say is this, is that Luyan and Mambo Kings definitely pushed the success a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. You know, the success he has now, I think he still would have had it with or without their help, but would it have come as quick? Possibly not. Because he rose up very, very, very fast. Oh, yeah, he did, definitely. From 16 to even 2018, he was already he was out there. He was selling out concerts within two years. He was selling concerts out because he, obviously, the tags of hearing this music, Luyan, Mambo Kings, right? Yeah, because everyone knows, you know, DJ Luyan, you know, for... You know the stuff he's done in order to export the Latin trap movement mm -hmm. to other parts of the world with you know songs like like uh, La Ocasión, you know any early hits you can think of from like the 2016 trap wave, you know Luyan and Mambo Kings were a part of that, and it kind of you know begs the question, is the beef like really over then if they're still kind of shooting indirects at each other? I mean you could easily say that it is because they went on to produce the song Odio. With J Balvin, Bad Bunny. Yeah, and Oasis. And mm -hmm. Oasis, right, correct. I can't say the beep is over because they did not make the music one-on-one. -on -one. You know, it wasn't Bad Bunny, Luyan. They included Balvin on there, which, I mean, with another artist featured on that song, you know, obviously you have to be open to different opinions. So with Balvin on there, maybe he was like, yeah, you know, let's go ahead and do it with Luyan. And he was like, okay, okay, let's do it. But do you think Benito would want to do a one-on-one -on -one with Luyan? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I think I, there's still a lot, a lot of tension there's, there. Exactly. There's a lot of tension there. Which, I mean, it, it sucks, you know, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, Luyan is, right. is amazing mm -hmm. at, make, at producing music, you know. Mm -hmm. He's proven that with, the, you know, the amount of hits that he's made. And then, you know, Bad Bunny, like, you know, he said, you know, Bad Bunny is an amazing artist. He's made some really great tracks. You know, I ha I give him more props and more respect that, like, a lot of his early music was all produced and written by himself. You know, not many artists can, can say that they write and they produce all their shit, you know? Right. It's, it's respect. I respect him more for that. Me too. Would you say we have a winner and a loser? Or no. Again, it was kind of a weird beef. It, w it was nothing like, um, like the last time we covered when it was... Uh, Cortez versus Myers. It was not that kind of beef. It was more of a beef of agree to disagree. We both did our own thing and we both parted. If I say there's a winner and a loser, I will say the winner at the end of the day is Benito because no matter what, leaving the group Mambo Kings and Luyan, he's still on top, dude. You know, so if there, if you were to pick a winner and a loser, I'll say Benito won. At the end of the day, he won. He came out successful. He made it. Either way, who's going to make it? In my opinion, I think they both won. That's true. Which That's is weird enough. to say in a beef. I can because, say that, yeah. Because they're, 
well, in a traditional beef or like in any sort of competition, there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. Right. But in this situation, I don't think they both lost. I think they both won, on the contrary. Because Luyan is still making killer music. Mm -hmm. He's still making, you know, chart-topping hits. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, for example, you know, after he broke their relationship with Bad Bunny, you know, he still dropped, you know, Baila Baila, you know, the remix and the regular version. Um, Musica, like a bunch, and like a bunch of other hits, you know, like Bubalu. You, you know that song? Mm-mm. It's the one with Anuel, uh, Becky G, and uh, Prince Royce. It's like I've heard of it. Um, like, oh, okay, that's what it's called. Yeah, that one. It's a good song. I like it a lot. But yeah, but Luyan is still, you know, made like really good songs. Oh, Veteir. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he, yeah, he, I know, I get what you're saying that at the end of the day, they both won. They, they both won. Ended yeah. up going their own ways. Um, I think it was best that they toured their relationship, honestly. Yeah. Because who knows, maybe, so like Bad Bunny claimed, Por Siempre, the album that he, his first studio album that he came, um, came out with, he was saying that because of this ongoing beef with the two of them and, uh, not they didn't reach an agreement with the albums and that they weren't helping him he claimed that that made the album release um months past it was supposed when it was supposed to that he blames them that the album didn't come out on time it wasn't released on time some of the tracks on there were held back as well if you're gonna jump on someone's side whose side are you gonna jump on benitos why because like i was um like i mentioned before he said that hear this music. I mean, hear this. I'm sorry, Mambo Kings, Luyan. They really stunted his. I mean, yeah, they helped him in the long run. You know, with becoming successful, but with his first studio album, they he claimed himself that they really delayed the release date. So mm-hmm. that really could have prevented him from becoming the person he is today. You know, with keeping back his music, his albums, and not helping him release any of that. If Benito would have stayed with them with that group who knows if he would have been as famous as he is today so for him leaving that i say that he won you know i say i side with him i say that that was a good decision on on him to leave i mean like what what luyan did by telling well by delaying bad bunny's album Mm -hmm. i thought that was fucked up right i'm gonna just get that out of the way for sure i don't agree with you know you know holding back his album Mm -hmm. because what the fuck is the point of that you know right like, why hold off his album? And then what I think he should have done is I think he should have, if he was planning on keeping Bad Bunny for the long haul, have something more official, you know, like a real contract. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But at the same time, I think it's still, I, I think if it wasn't for Luyan, he wouldn't be maybe at the level he's at right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying he, was, he would never would be at the level he would get to eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, he catapulted him. It's difficult to say... Like, should, he's like, oh, he should be thanking me. You know, Benito should be thanking Luyan, not the other way around. Right. I don't necessarily agree with that either. Same. Can't. I, I think they should just both be grateful for, for what they did for each other. Because they, they both indirectly gave each other clout. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being honest, like, I didn't really know that much about Mamo Kings or hear this music or anybody until I started listening to Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Well, yeah. they so helped each other at the out. end of the day, they helped each other out. I don't think, I think it's a bit childish, honestly. 
that they're still kind of throwing indirects at each other mm-hmm. because I don't think it's necessary. It's like, okay, everyone won in this situation, like I said before. So it's like, why are you guys going to keep throwing indirects at each other? And that, you know, brings me to my next question. Like, can we see them working on a project together from here? I know, like I mentioned before, how Luyan was there helping with audio, you know, one of those tracks. This was 2019, keep in mind. This was in 2019, and this beef has started 2016. So that was three years different difference, and they came back to make this track together. But again, the, you know, Balvin was there, so maybe that kind of subsided the beef at the moment, and they made the track together. Okay. But if he was ever to do a track alone with Luyan, I don't, I don't think so. I think that they don't hate each other, but there's still tension there, like you mentioned. Yeah. I don't think they'll make another track, another album, anything together again. I would agree. I think there's still like w- like more tension than like than like a middle school Twitter battle or some shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're, it's they're still there. It's there. Yes, it's oh, of course it's still there. Mm-hmm. Like there's still you know the tension. I think what what makes this relationship better is the fact that they can be professional. That's true. I do see that a lot. I see what you mean. I mean, you don't see them jabbing at each other right now. They're not acting like fucking children. Mm-hmm. They're doing their own thing. They're being grown fucking men, and they're doing their own work. They're being responsible about this beef. They're keeping... I mean, it's, a lot of people don't even know about it. It's been You know, like Ryan Myers, no, they keep it low-key, bro. Exactly. They keep it low-key. Exactly. I think that's good because a, a lot of beef, you know, we see in, you know, rap and reggaeton is, like, obviously, like... If you guys don't know this, and if you're just finding this out right now, a lot of beef is staged and fixed. Mm-hmm. Why? To promote, you know, new songs that are coming out from each corresponding artist. Like, they'll literally hit each other up and be like, bro, like, let's start talking shit on Twitter and Instagram. Right. And let's start a beef. Fuck it. You know, whatever. Like, does that? Ha- it happens a lot, a lot more often than you think. And then you kind of start to question, okay, like, which one's real, which one's fake. Right. So if you want to, like, look back at the one we saw with Bryant Myers and Jay Cortez, in my opinion, I thought that beef was, like, it seemed real. It kind of sprung up out of nowhere, though. But, like, what benefit did it have for Jay, though? None Because he didn't, he didn't come out with new music. Well, mm-hmm. he hadn't been coming out with, you know, newer music. The only new music he came out with was those two diss tracks. Mm-hmm. And that's and it. And then Bryant just came out with Wow. Right. Do you think he was trying to promote that or no? I mean, in a way, I can see it. Because in Um, the beginning, that's how the beef started, you know? It it started with the Instagram post about WoW. Saying that WoW was, you know, this, like, fucking amazing track, all this bullshit. Obviously, it wasn't, but... And Jay was like, fuck you, dude. No, it's not. And then they (laughs) just started kind of going at it. Was it a way to promote it? I'm pretty sure the the ultimate winner, you can say, you can say Jay fucking bodied Bryant, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day... Who's the winner with the most views streams for that song? Who got, you know, like, for example, who got more clout off of that beef? I would have to say Brian did. He was releasing music at the time. People who didn't even know who the fuck Brian was or didn't really pay attention to him knew, like, Jay Cortez fans, for example, they were like, who's Brian? Oh, it's this guy. Let me check him out. Oh, I like this song. I like that. You know what I mean? I think it's interesting, too, how Mike Towers hops on it later, too. That is true. And... Do you think Mike Towers got anything off of that? I don't know if he did or not. Uh-huh. He hasn't, from what I've seen, he's only been in, like, features lately. He hasn't been releasing, like... Well, he just released a song with Yandel. Mm. 
I, for, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's pretty good as well. But at that time, no, he wasn't really releasing music. He did release a diss track towards Bryant, though, called, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you, it's called, like, um, Michael Myers. Yeah, Michael Myers. He absolutely bodied and destroyed him, too. I thought that was an amazing diss track as well. But, yeah, I don't know who the real who the real winner in that one was. I Honestly, I think I'd just give it to Jay mm-hmm. because he like he's like, all right, Brian, like, I'll give you another shot to respond. And he never responded, unfortunately, which sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. But with this beef, the one with Luyan and, and Bad Bunny, to answer the question I, I proposed before, no. I don't see them ever working together on a project, just them. There has to be some sort of inter intermediary i don't know if i even said that word right but there has to be like someone in the middle mm-hmm. like that's I said, gonna that's gonna facilitate you know balvin for example yeah he was the middleman in that situation in that situation for odio yeah he was the middleman for sure um that's really the only way i can see bad bunny and dj Luyan working together on a track mm-hmm. like just on a track like an album or an entire project that i think that'll be way more difficult oh yeah because yeah like they did one like uh Luyan produced one track for Oasis, but that's mm-hmm. one track. One track, correct. So, it, like I said, it, it becomes more difficult, you know, as, mm-hmm. as time goes on. Just a question I thought about. So you saw how Bad Bunny really rose to fame because of, you know, Hear This Music, Mambo King, Luyan, right? Yeah. And vice versa. You can say that Luyan also got clout off of the same thing with Mambo King. They also got clout off of each other. You know, they got clout off of Bad Bunny as well. I do want to say this, and I don't know if you thought about this. The middleman that really brought them together, Eladio Carion. Why do you think that he didn't jump aboard that fame train and got to that level that Bad Bunny did? I mean, because right now he's working his way up. He's working his fucking ass off right now. Yes. Yeah, he just dropped um, fucking respect to the him. Sauce Boys Care Package. It's like, um, I think it's more of like a deluxe album yeah. of, of Sauce Boys. Right. Um, You know, like... Fucking kudos to that guy, you know, for doing it, for working his ass. He's off working right hard, now. man. I'll, I'll give him props. Elalio's working really hard and, you know, come out with new music and shit. Yeah. But why do you think it is that they didn't also bring Eladio up with Bad Bunny? Like, why don't, like, do you ever think about that? Like, um, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but honestly, that's a really good question. I'm beginning to think. Because at that time, Eladio said really that when he signed music? with Rimas, yeah. that he, was, he wasn't he was even signed as an artist. He was signed as a YouTuber. Mm, okay. So maybe at that time, he wasn't putting enough emphasis and focus on, on his music okay. for them to take him seriously as an artist and be like, okay. Or like possibly like even create a duo from that. Can you imagine like Eladio, Carrion, and Bad Bunny like as a duo? That would be pretty badass. That would be amazing because they can both rap. Bad Bunny can provide, you know, the sweet, you know, melodies. Mm-hmm. And then Eladio can deliver hard punchlines. Right. You know, I think it it would be a great duo. I mean, if they both rose up at the same time, that would honestly have changed the game. I would say so. Like if you've ever listened to Kemba Walker, Mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect song that shows that when they come together, they can make really good music. Right. And that was a freestyle. And that was a freestyle. It wasn't even like no chorus, no anything. It was a freestyle. And it still went fucking hard. It did. It did. It was really good. It's a really good track. But that's a really good observation. I never would have thought, you know, why didn't they come up together? Right. And I think it was because of that reason. Because, you know, at first, like, Eladio wasn't taken serious as an artist. He was, you know, caught up in, like, you know, some other, you know, digital type of platform. Mm-hmm. But 
if you guys don't know this, what what Eladio, what drove Eladio Carrion to become a singer was this. So at that time, you know, in like 2016, 2015, when he was a comedian, one of his big bits was to kind of do um, like a stand-up. Like when he was on like doing stand-up on stage, mm-hmm. he would imitate uh, popular reggaetoneros mm-hmm. and rappers. But what he would do is that he would like, you know, like imitate their raps, you know, their bars, all that kind of shit, you know, same punchlines like they would normally give. And then one day, Coscuyuela, as a big friend of him, was like, bro, you got to cut that shit out. Like, you know, like, start making some real fucking music. Like, stop, you know. I mean, he saw the potential in him. Like, stop basically. fucking lollygagging or some shit. I don't know why that word <laughs> is the first word. thing that came to, like, to my mind. You lollygagger. Know? Stop fucking lollygagging, you know. get Let's get to work. Let's make some real fucking music. Right. And then that's what drove him to start, you know, becoming, you know, this the trapero we know as Eladio Carrion today. And I think that's really impressive, you know. It is. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I don't see a real winner here. Well, the, at the end of the day, winner, winner, chicken dinner. The the winner, winner, chicken dinner, uh, is both of them. Is both Luyan and Bad Bunny. Yeah, neither one of their careers got fucking destroyed or wrecked anally. They both came out on top. Wrecked <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they both came out on top at the end of the day. That's what she said. Yes. No, but the thing is, too, is, like, why do you think they wouldn't want to support him, though? Like, I just thought about that right now, like, with his albums. I feel like they were honestly just kind of, I don't want to say it, but they were kind of taking advantage of him. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say, for example, stupid analogy. Let's just say this, okay? Let's say that you're out there right now. You partner up with, um, well, let's just say Chad, right? So you and Chad are out there making a lawn service, Okay. You're the one with the with the lawnmower, but Chad's the one out there that actually does the work. Okay, okay. and you say, um, "Hey, Chad, let's go door to door. Let's go knocking. Let's go promote. Let's go do this and that." Right. So Chad's out there, and Chad's going door to door. He's promoting. He's getting the the sales, the contracts, and he goes out there and he does the you know he does the work. He does the hard labor. Mm-hmm. But you have all the tools. Okay. So Chad goes to you for the tools, and you guys say, and you're like, "Okay, Chad." Time to split the profits 50-50. Give me half of the credit or give me all of the credit or 75-25, right? And Chad's like, okay, well, I was the one here doing all the work. I was the one who went out there to go um, make the lawns, do the lawns, get the clients, do this and this and this and that. But it's like, oh, no, fuck you. Those are my tools, though. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's like I feel like, uh, like in that situation, you can say you're taking advantage of Chad, because Chad's doing all the work and Chad's doing all the talking. But at the end of the day, you're getting paid more than Chad. You're taking mm-hmm. advantage of him, aren't you? Yeah. I feel like that's the same situation as Luyan and Benito. Is that he was doing all the work and he was getting all the, you know, like all the music, the production, the music, the lyrics, the the albums, you know. And then at the end of the day, Luyan was like, okay, give me my credit. Give me my half. Give me my whatever. Because I made you. I put you on work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I would still say that Benito won at the end of the day. He won, He decided to be the big boy and leave the group. And he still made that it That was a wise there. decision. Right. It was a wise decision. I mean, they both, they're both they both famous. You know, none of them destroyed each other's careers. Not at all. But, no. you know, um, that's how I see it. That basically he kind of tried taking advantage of Benito as much as possible. They tried to squeeze out of him as much as possible. And when he asked, hey, can you help me with my album? You know, going back to what you said. They just when, kept prolonging it. They, so they kept can, prolonging like, All right, let's just keep releasing more and more right. singles and shit. Basically, they were like, I don't give a fuck about your album. 
I just want, you know, you're a fame. You're good. You're a fucking good singer. You're a good producer. You're but a good writer. But if you writer. had an album, wouldn't they want to milk that even more? I feel like they would, but here's the thing. They didn't have a contract. What was he going to gain from that? Yeah. He was not going to get money from but that. But supposedly they had a contract, you know, that was like per album. But like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, they didn't make any, I, they didn't Nothing make official. legally anything official. And he was already signed with, um, with Rimas at the time. They didn't make anything official. I feel like if anyone would have signed anything, there would be there would be pulling you know court records exactly. you know from the contract right. and everything. They would just be like, all right, signed. you know, like we're done. We're not right. together anymore. Boom, like that's it. That's it. It's like some like you know, some like high school shit. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like it's oh just, like yeah, me. And, it's like me and Brad aren't going steady anymore. We're done. And, it, <laughs> and then it's like all right, like ten years, fifteen years later. You know, you're in a whole ass, you know, marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, you're married legally and everything. Not like, like you have to, you know, get like the whole process of a divorce. I think right. in this situation, that's what they would have had to do. They would have had to kind of quote unquote divorce if there was a contract right. in place. Right. They would, Like you said, they would have had to brought it to court. They would have had to do a whole bunch of legal actions. But at the end of the day, I feel like they didn't help with the album because they weren't going to gain from it. They weren't going to gain money for it. Nothing like that because there wasn't a legal binding contract in mm-hmm. place. And they just didn't give a shit. They were like, well, we're not going to get nothing from the album. So I don't give a fuck about his album. I just want to use him for him exposing us, exposing our names. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? I get it. I get it. All right. Well, I mean, I, I feel like that kind of covers it. Another thing, too, that uh, we mentioned last week was the remix for Porfa. Like how we were saying it was going to be. You know, it definitely had potential to be, you know, the song of the summer, that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Uh, it actually just released at the time of recording this past weekend. Mm-hmm. We listened to it. Angel, what did you think of it? I thought it was really, it was really good. Yeah, it was, I agree. It was a fucking mood. We were literally yeah. going, um, so we we're writing down the episode and usually after we're done, like brainstorming, writing everything, pre-scripting, right? Not, not really scripting, but, you know, writing down our concepts, right? We go and we usually go out to eat. And then we went out to go eat, and on our way over there, we went to Firehouse Subs. That place is bomb. <laughs> I don't know if like, they're pretty... good. I don't know if they're My not... first time going there, too. Yeah, they're not really common. I don't see them that often. Like, I'm starting to see more and more TV commercials. Mm-hmm. But Firehouse Subs aren't that common. But if you guys can find one that's, like, kind of close to you, like, go try that shit. Try it's it. good. It it's, was, like, the sandwiches are good. It was good. They got some good-ass soups. We didn't get the soup when we went, and but their soups soup. are so good. Yeah, they're they're amazing. I love that place. There's one right by my house. It's, like, three minutes away. Same. Um, so, on our way over there, he's like, oh, look, the, the remix came out. He put it on, and it, it's about five minutes long. The song's, like, five five minutes and, like, I liked it. I thought that seconds. was a really good length. It was a perfect length for the amount of people on there. Mm-hmm. And he was playing it, and I remember we were, like, talking about something serious. And then that I was like, go ahead and repeat that shit, bitch. Yeah. So he repeated <laughs> it, and we really sat in the car, and we fucking soaked in that song. And I'm like, oh, my God, this song is a fucking hit. I would not say, though, I would not say it would be the song of 2020, summer no, 2020. No, I don't it's think not. it's the song of the summer. No. Um, Definitely not. If I'm being honest, I held it to re- some really high expectations. I didn't. Th- I thought it would hit those really high expectations. It didn't. But I'm not totally disappointed because it's still a good track either way. Exactly. So I can't complain. Uh, I thought the the verses fit very well together. Mm-hmm. I think it was good for uh, Justin Quiles and Fade to include. You know really melodic and like artists that can actually sing you know mm-hmm. like for a track like this you're not gonna put a fucking you know bryant myers you're not gonna put a nodiel 
Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna put, put on an alpha. There. Like no, like you want no. like. Setch was such a perfect balance. It was. Uh, you're gonna. This is definitely a flow palas baby. Mm-hmm. You know. And when you have a flow palas babies, who better to call than the fucking man, the myth, the legend, Maluma. Maluma baby. <laughs> yes, Maluma baby. He fucked that shit up. I thought his verse was great. All right. Right off the bat, I think he he started singing well. Balvin's was one that I did not expect to be as good, but he surprised me. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Setch's verse was great as well. Nicky Jams, you know, with them fucking high notes as always, you know. There are all the great singers on it. It was great. It was a great track. track. I was not disappointed at all. Exactly. Not disappointed. Was not the best. I mean, but I was not disappointed. It's like when you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, my God, try something new. Yeah. But it's not shit. It's good. But it's not, like, the best. Of course not, yeah. But it was so good. I like the song. I like the track a lot. Yeah, that's definitely a song like we've been jamming to lately for sure. Mm-hmm. So speaking of songs we've been jamming to lately, that brings us now to our artists and songs of the week. So first we're gonna go over go over our artist of the week is none other than Take It Away, Penny. I fucking hate you, Kevin Roland. <laughs> <laughs> El KR. KR baby. <laughs> so that is Kevin motherfucking Roldan. From the land of Medellin, Colombia, for those of you who didn't know. And for those of you who don't know who Kevin Roldan is, uh, he's been in the game for a while. He has Since like 2015, actually. 2016. Yeah. He's been here a while. For some reason, he's never been able to hit really big heights in the U.S. I don't know why. That is so weird. Not I a lot of people know, know him. It, I actually had to go to Mexico in order to find out who he was. Who's Kevin? Yeah, he's pretty popular in Mexico at least. And I feel like in other, you know, uh, Latin American countries, he's pretty popular as well. But for some odd reason, I don't know why, he just hasn't been able to have a big following here in the U.S. You know, not that a lot of people weird. know That's who weird. he is here. That's weird. I don't get it either. I think he's a great singer. His voice is really distinctive. Like, it's it is. very unique. Mm-hmm. He, it's kind of like, sounds like... Like, I don't, I don't fucking know how to replicate it, but like... <laughs> Yes, I love that. It's exactly like that. Cantame. Cantame. <laughs> Fucking, that, I mean, that, honestly, that was kind of, that was the nail on the cock. That was a good impression of him. Okay, I thought it was pretty shit, but, I mean, thank you. Song number one, Tez. Oh, yes, songs, the top five songs we recommend from Kevin Roldan. All right, number one, Mamacita, really good one. It is. He, it's a really good, you know, melodic track, and then what's really good about Kevin is that out of nowhere, he starts spitting major bars out of fucking nowhere. Like, like rapid fire flows. Like, you know, he like was. almost like. Yeah, m- that was fucking surprised me. Mm-hmm. Took me, like, yeah. from the nut hair. He can he can rap. Yeah. The motherfucker can rap. All right, so number two, Nadie Como Yo. I've actually had this song as one of my songs of the week. So if you guys have listened to it, you know, that's great. It's back on here. Give it another listen if you never did. Number three, Una Noche Mas. Definitely a Flo Palas Baby songs with none other than Nikki Jams. I actually kind of like that one. Yeah, it's good. Yep. Number four, The Sale with We Seen. And then number five, Patu Casa with Kea and Rao Alejandro. Great song as well. All right, now we will end with our songs of the week. Angel, why don't you tell us your song of the week then? This is a bit of an old song. Um, for you Brian Meyer fans out there, I for sure really fucking love this song, Porque Sigues Con Él. Yes. It is such a fucking hit banger, dude. It, it is. is. It, it mixes the flow of... Brian's ability to rap with his low raspy voice, yep. but at the same time, the chorus is him with his singing voice. So I thought that was really interesting. The first time I ever heard this song, I believe 
this song was released back in 2016 around there mm-hmm. I got, yeah maybe 16 17 i want to say 16 and it was just such a different um i don't even know how to explain it because if you were to listen to brian myers back then all he would do is use his like really low tone voice this was like one of the first songs i've ever heard him use his singing voice i didn't even know it was him at first yeah when i first heard part. it i'm like that's not brian myers what exactly the fuck? right i didn't know that that was him and so you know i was i was on genius because i always i have the genius app i love looking and fucking studying the lyrics of every song right yep and when i saw that it said brian myers on there i was like no fucking way and i listened to it and i'm like that is his singing voice it is fucking beautiful yeah um well but there is, uh, uh, I just, again, for another shout out for Kevin, there is a remix that he made on Porque Sigues Con Él. It's really good. It's really good remix. You guys should check it out. Compliments it very well. Yep. Very well. Because you can use the the very dark, raspy raps of Brian Myers, but at the same time, you get the beautiful voice of Kevin. And he, as well, sings one part of the chorus. Um, he spices it up, right? Spices and it up. Spices it up. <laughs> it just makes me want to look at Taz and give him a smooch. Um, but it was really it was a good balance, dude. I loved it. But um, for the song of the week for me, I'm doing the original. Porque sigues con él. Full on Brian Myers. All right, what about perfect. you? Perfect. My song of the week is a song that was recommended me recommended to me by one of my good friends. Uh, she showed it to me last summer. This shit's fucking fire. I still listen to it all the time. It's called Que Somos with Raul Alejandro, Liano, and Matthew. Really good fucking song. Right off the bat, you're hit with, like, a really, you know, sensual, great flow. Palas Babies from, you know, my boy Raul Alejandro. Liano compliments it very well. Matthew, I'm not really familiar with a lot of his music. Uh, I haven't really listened to any tracks from him ever since, you know, this song. But go check this song out. It's just super fucking catchy. Super catchy. I recommend this song to anybody who's looking for maybe like a... It's kind of like a love song-ish, but not really. It's got some really good reggaeton vibes. So I recommend anybody who, like, you know, fucks with reggaeton, like, really heavily. You know, good flow para las babies. You know, check this shit out. This shit is fire. So, yeah, we'll leave it right here, guys. So, songs of the week. Remember to listen to Que Somos and Porque Sigues Con Él. And remember to check out our boy, Kevin Roldan, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. We're really happy that we're getting, you know, a bigger reach, you know, around the world. More and more countries are tuning in. Please, like, continue to share our podcast with all your friends, all your family. It would, would mean the absolute world to us. And always remember, guys, Duco! Duco!